As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. It's me, your friend, Andrew Levins, and with me, your enemy, John Valenzuela. (laughs) Sure, let's run with it. Screw you guys. (laughs) Stop listening right now. This is an indie game podcast. We talk about indie games every week. This week we're talking about the recently released Moonglow Bay. Um, I'll be talking about two recently re-released games uh, from the 90s called Cotton and John is going to give a little update on a game that he started last week called Inscription. Yes. Uh, yeah. Great, but, great app planned. Let's get into it, shall we? I want to, you know what? I want to start with, start us with Cotton. Let's well, start with actually, Cotton. actually, I just thought of something else that we should start with. Um, and that oh, is what? The, the, uh, there was a state of play. Um, the Ooh, PlayStation, yes, of their course. take PlayStation's answer to the Nintendo Direct. Um, it came, right. uh, dropped on Thursday morning, and there were a few little exciting indie announcements. Um, mainly uh, a full trailer, not a release date, but a full trailer for the. Is it called Little Devil Inside? Yes, little which gameplay a, gameplay demo essentially, which was great. Which you've mentioned as something you're looking forward to on the podcast in the past, I think. Definitely. I mean, this this is a game that has been in development for quite a while at this point in time. I remember, I think it was announced as a PlayStation exclusive, if not last E3, then the E3 before. Mm-hmm. And I remember, because I remember there was one E3 where I was like, Xbox has clearly invested a lot in um, indie games. But PlayStation have secured some really good exclusives. Like, I think it was, that was... It was announced at the same time as Stray, and I was yes, just like, oh, very much looking damn it, that. damn it, PlayStation. Like, <laughs> you, you, haven't, you haven't gone for breadth here, but you've got depth. Like, those are two games I'm really excited for. 
but yeah, Little Devil Inside's been kind of under production for quite a while now. There was a game, a, a sort of like not not well explained gameplay demo, but just a kind of look and feel at what the game played like. And obviously, it was very interesting back then. This this was a more focused kind of gameplay demo, in that it kind of ran you through like. Hey, this is your character. This is them using a train to get to a location. Once they get to a location, they need to go do this and then this mm-hmm. and then this. So it was a lot more sort of focused on how mechanically the game works. Very light on plot, which I mean is just I guess something that as we get closer to release date they'll they'll give more information about that. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I'm I think it looks great. I think they've they've blended together a couple of really interesting elements, like using a sort of zoomed out overworld map for most of your traversal. Yep. But still one that features random encounters um, that looks like they could be beneficial or work against you. The combat still looks really good. I love the art style of the game. Um, yeah, it 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 did not turn me off. Little Devil Inside. Do you think you'll buy a PlayStation for it? Uh, I think that'll probably come out on PC. Okay, cool. Sweet. Yeah, I think like Stray, for instance, is definitely due. It's definitely coming to PC as well. So I think PlayStation have kind of gone like, look, it's just the way it is. We'll release on PC too. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, indies are like, yeah, console plus some exclusive like PC. Like PP, console exclusive with a PC announcement. Yeah, particularly with I mean with PlayStation we've definitely discussed in the past that they don't like PlayStation has or indie developers have issues getting PlayStation to kind of play along so to speak. Sure. Like it's it's very difficult to get pushed on the you know pushed up in the store or front page stuff for for PlayStation. So maybe they just cut deals where it's like Yes, we're happy for it to be a console exclusive for you, but you need to it needs to be released on PC as well so we can we can have some control over how this game is put out. Yeah, fair enough. This is all idle speculation by the way. My I, favorite I, kind know. of speculation. Yes, it requires little to no effort. <laughs> um also there was what was the other what what other big announcements caught your Well, eye? there was, you know, we've already both played it and finished it and 100%ed it, but Hey, I could do it again on two different consoles now. Of course, I'm talking about Death's Door, which was announced as a game coming to PlayStation after a, a few months of ex- Xbox exclusivity. And shortly after this um, uh, state of play video, we got the word that it's coming to Switch too. So, yes. yeah. I is, mean, it, is it this year? Was there a date put on it? I don't think there was a date put on it. I think it just, it's coming soon. That sounds like a reason for one of us to type on the podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I remember, like, I saw it and was like, I'm not going to go in again, but gee, I'm happy that people are um, are getting the option to do it. I think I will go in again. Playing that on Ooh. Switch would be so much fun. Yeah, no, look. Ah, uh, yes, 23rd for PS and uh, PS4 and PS5. 23rd of? November. Damn. Okay. Yeah, that's Well, that's we'll see. Soon. It's very soon. There are, I mean, and we are rapidly approaching the part of the year where we just sort of like pound through as many uh, twenty twenty indies as possible, huh? Oh yeah, so. I'm I'm feeling the burn at the moment. <laughs> There's still like I still want to get into. I think it's called the Big Con. Oh yep. Uh, Songs of Iron. Um, I mean, there's stuff coming out right now that I really want to play. I want to play Unpacking, the new game, uh, Happy Game from what are they called? The guys. Oh yeah, I saw that. That, that. that just hit the switch. Yeah. Botanicular and um, 
and Samarost and stuff like that. I, the the name of the developer escapes me at the moment, but I really want to play that one. Um, yeah, they're just they're piling up levels. Hmm. But you're right, Death Door does sound good to play that game again, potentially twice on two different consoles. Hell, it's pretty yeah. pretty irresistible thought. That is that is up there with my you know why 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 look for more potential games of the year when you were pretty certain when you played that one that that was, that it was your game of the year. You know. Does it still maintain that status for you? I don't know. Sable is pretty pretty high up there. And I feel like... Is there been something else that I've loved? Oh, Metroid Dread, not an indie. Hmm. No, no. Yeah. We'll see. We'll tough, see, John. That's a tough one. Um, so, yeah, there was some more yeah, news in the, in the set of play. It would be wild if we get to number one during that episode. I'm like, Far Cry 6. <laughs> um, absolute. Uh, uh, just turning the tables. But um, there was also... Uh, um, the game doesn't so much... Um, appealed to me that much but there was a trailer that they showed during State of Play for what was it I can't remember the name of the game it's basically a game where you kind of play as an it's like a not visual novel um, but it's you you play as like an indie band and it's all about you like making decisions for this band and trying to get big and all that kind of stuff yeah that looked looked fun Um, I'll find the name of it when you as you describe it in uh, or great detail. Okay. We there, are I, I did it. I did exactly what I said I would do. Also interesting because we were talking about Suda Fifty One a couple of episodes, and I, I mentioned that weird multiplayer game that he made called Let It Die. That's they right. They also announced during during State of Play that like a, a spin off of Let It Die is coming called Deathverse. Yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, like a competitive. I don't know, multiplayer game. I, I watched the trailer and was like, mm, this isn't really my bag, but nice to see Suda51, Grasshopper Manufacturing, uh, out there doing his thing. Um, there is an expansion pack coming for um, Bug Snacks. We're getting the Isle of Big Snacks. Um, that, is, that game has actually come out um, physically um, in, in, in Australia in the last few weeks, and uh, the publisher of it, Five Star Games here, uh, sent me a, a box full of food to make... Um, my own bug snacks with, including a bag of cricket flour. Ah. Uh, so I'm going to be making uh, cricket pancakes with my kids this weekend. Ah, this I I feel like this is the time for a joke like, well, hop to it, Levens. Mm, I love it. Very good. I'll reuse Lame. that. <laughs> Lame game. That was the joke of the year on this podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it was a it was a really interesting state of play. I thought like a couple of couple of cool announcements in there. Yeah, in that it was yeah, just lots of like oh okay, all right, interesting. Like yeah. there was no 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 big ones, but lots of cool little ones. Yeah, nothing nothing that I was tearing my hair over, but at the same time, like yeah, nice. Um, yeah, gotta love That's, gotta love gotta love directs, right? Gotta love no, gotta love knowing what's coming out in the future. But we're not talking about the future right now, John. We're talking about the right now. And right. Uh, for the first time in a little while, we've both played the same game, and it's called Moon Moon Glow Bay. Yes, um, and it's been made by Bunny Hug, the adorably named Bunny Hug Studios. Yep, uh, and published by Coat Sink. Coat Sink. I don't know. I don't, I'm not familiar with either of them. Or what they've I'm, done in the past. I'm not familiar with Coat Sync so much, uh, but I am on their page now and looking at stuff that they've published. It's a lot of stuff that I'm not necessarily familiar with. Uh, they published Fogs, P-H-O-G-S. Oh, yeah, okay. remember that one? I, I, I talked about that on the podcast. My, my son yeah. is a big fan of that game. Yeah, and they've also got... Uh, it looks like they're publishing 
a game that featured during Xbox's uh, showcase in E3 called Replaced, um, which is like a very cool-looking retro-futuristic platformer um, with just fantastic kind of visuals, like amazing, amazing lighting. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that one, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they also yeah. published um, Islanders, the console edition, which I have and haven't opened yet on my Switch, but I, I definitely ah. want to play that. Ah, I see. Cool. Yeah. yeah, so interesting interesting indie publisher there. Uh, definitely one to keep an eye on, I'd say. But we're, uh, we're here to talk about Moonglow Bay. Yeah, and this is the, uh, the first game published by Bunny Hug Games. Um, it is a game about fishing, which I feel like has been, it was an ongoing theme of like, Game, the gameplay mechanics we like in games uh, You know, yes. can you fish in a game A lot of people are obsessed with can you pat the dog Me and John are simple We like to be able to fish yes. But a whole game about fishing I mean, there is uh, ridiculous fishing uh, On uh, iPads Which is one of my favourite games ever But yep, other than true. that, I feel like there aren't many fishing games That I've really, really connected with But I just, I, I just like the option <laughs> I've definitely played some Fishing games on iOS that I enjoyed for a while, but were very, very heavily monetized. Okay. So it's one of those things where it's like, you need to catch this fish to, to like progress in the story, but you can only catch this fish if you buy this lure that can only be bought with expensive premium car, blah, 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 blah. I'm just like... Sounds good. Enjoyed it for a while and then just went, I'm not willing to put money into this game. I'm out. Yep. Um, but yeah, so Moonglow Bay is a fishing RPG that is set on the east coast of Canada in the 1980s. Your character, uh, at the start of the game, you and your wife, uh, no, or no. actually your partner. Yeah. So your you, partner, you, this. You, yeah, you, were, you were tasked with cho- choosing who you are from four different characters and mm-hmm. your pronouns, and then you choose your partner and their pronouns. And their, pro- and their pronouns as well. So it's very much, you know, it's open to all manner of relationships and... Um, Although uh, I have to say, one one of the uh, couple of bugs that I've that I've that I've found in in my one hour of time with this game is that um, a few of the characters ignored both mine and my partner's choice of pronouns. Yeah, I I got a weird version of that as well, where I picked like, you know, I I chose to to go with with the way uh, you know I I operate IRL, so I was a guy and my partner was a woman, and then I was chatting with someone and they were like. Oh yeah, it's so sad when he died. Referencing my partner, and I was like, "Hold on a minute, why did I make that choice at the beginning?" Um, anyway, that was that was a minor spoiler for what's coming up. But you get you get a short tutorial from your partner at the beginning of the game on how you fish, uh, and then they talk about how the waters around Moonglow Bay have monsters in them. Um, and you know, as as this happens, you kind of get a glimpse of one of the monsters as it as it you know causes your boat to to rock and sway as it moves past. Uh, and of course, looking at the monster, you're just like, that's just a big whale. What are you people talking about? Then it cuts to three years later, and it turns out that your partner um, disappeared at sea, essentially. Just before the end of that cutscene, she gives you a present, and you're like, oh, I'll yes. um, I'll open this in, when you get back. And uh, your partner never returns, and uh, your your door. It's three years later. You're living a a sad life where you stay inside all day, surrounded by um, like takeaway food containers and rubbish. And then your daughter comes to visit you to pull your head out of your butt and get your life back on track. And she wants you to uh, start a, a a food business, a street food business, by fishing and cooking the the, the fish that you catch. Yes. 
and in the wider sense as well, your your return to form is also uh, a quest to return the town of Moonglow Bay to form. That's right. Because since your partner went missing those years ago, no one has gone out to sea to fish. The fishing industry has died completely in the town, and with it, the town has withered. So not only are you trying to get your own life back on track, but you also need to get the whole damn town pumping again. Uh, which you can do in a variety of ways. You can like you can invest in properties around the town. You can donate fish you catch, or every every unique fish you catch, you can donate it to uh, a local aquarium, which will help to build kind of tourist dollars. You can run around and do favors for people in town. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a number of different ways you can you can kind of help out around Moonglow Bay. And yeah, so if you if you are a fan of Animal Crossing or Spirit Farer. Um, these are the games that it feels the most similar to. I'd, yep, that's fair. That's definitely fair. So how, how you played, you said you played an hour. Where, whereabouts did you get up to, Levens? Uh, I am, uh, I've just made some fish and chips to give to uh, the guy who's going to give me a vending machine to sell my meals out of at the front of my house. He's the tech nice. guy. So pretty yeah. early on in the game, I have encountered a lot of of weird little bugs uh, in in my first hour of this game. Some of them, like, you know, as trivial, not, I mean, less trivial um, for some people, I'm sure, um, as the uh, the pronoun swapping around. Yes. Um, and then uh, other ones, like, I went and spoke to the tech guy because he was out the front of his shop and he said, hey, man, thanks for the fish and chips. And I was like, I, this is, I've never said a word to you yet. What the hell are you talking about? And right. then he goes, hope you're enjoying that new vending machine. And I was like, you haven't given me that yet. <laughs> then, I went, then I went inside to his store and then he, told, then he gave me the, you know, the mission. He'll, he'll give sure. me a vending machine in, in, in exchange for some fish and chips. And there have been lots of weird, like, I guess, is that sequence breaking? I don't know what it is, but it's uh, dialogue getting ahead of itself, I guess. Yeah, that... that- I'd, I'd say that's sequence breaking right there. But I've also, sequence, yeah, yeah my, my character has been trapped in the scenery. Um, so this is a, the uh, the graphical. Uh, this is a voxel game where it kind of looks like like Minecraft. Um, you are it's like you know three D voxels as opposed to pixel, pixels, and you're moving around in a three D space. Um, the camera is a little shonky, but yeah, I've I've been caught uh, trying to go underneath a bridge. And I just got stuck in there and wasn't able to get out, so I had Damn. to reset. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it, I have to admit, man, like as pleasant as of a vibe as it's trying to give, I'm not having the nicest time with this game yet. So, I I agree with that statement. I totally appreciate what they're trying to do with this. I think it's it's very wholesome. It's fun to run around town and talk to the residents who like give you little hints about various fish that you might encounter. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's always, it's like, it's fun to run up to a, a townsperson and they're like, ooh, be careful of the tickle me on the tongue. They're known to break up marriages and like little funny little bits and pieces like that. I do very much appreciate the dialogue in the game. When and then each, obvi- each of those adds, adds a journal entry to your fish journal. Yes. So then you're trying to find the fish that, that, that the, your neighbors are speaking rumors of. Yeah. Um, I definitely like the aspect of, you know, every time I get a new fish thinking, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to go to the museum. I'm going to like... Like I'm looking forward to hooking them up. That very similar to Animal Crossing. Whenever you get something new, just that satisfying feeling of cool. I've entered this in. You know, I've I've done my part for I guess 
education or science or whatever you want to whatever you want to <laughs> term it as. Um, but I I have not encountered some of the bugs you're talking about. I did. There was a big one, which was the map wouldn't open. Yeah, that's pretty big. And. And so I sort of like, I was kind of thinking like, oh, surely I'm going to run into some point in the game where someone's like, oh, you're going out in your fishing boat. Here's a map for you kind of thing. But I went online and looked after nothing, you know, after it didn't happen for ages and I'm just floating around the ocean kind of lost most of the time. And they were like, yeah, it's a bug. The developers acknowledged it. Basically, after you get your ship, you have to save your game, quit the game entirely and then reload it, and you should be able to open your map then. And I was just like, what the... Yeah. <laughs> Serious, seriously, guys? And it's it's a funny thing, because I was thinking about it, and I, I don't, like... I think part of the onus of this problem, and this goes to Sable as well, is on Xbox's quality assurance testers. Yeah. Like, they should have... They should have gone like, this game's not ready for release. You need to squash these bugs before release. But I get the feeling it's a case of like, we need to start making money off this ASAP. Put it out. Yeah, that is, yeah, two too pretty bug-ridden. Like, you know, I, I, had, I had a wonderful time with Sable, but like, yeah, I, I went through the extensive list of bugs I encountered trying to finish that game. And, you know, John got some that stopped him from playing altogether. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Death's Door was similar. I guess it wasn't a Game Pass exclusive, but it was an Xbox exclusive, and I didn't have a single bug with that game. Yeah, I know, which is wild. Um, but, but yeah, both Sable and Moonglow Bay having all these bugs and being Game Pass games, I don't know. It, it, I was sitting there thinking, like, why is this happening? Someone should be, someone, someone should be saying, like, I don't mind if you go, we're delaying a month to squash these bugs. Go for it, because it makes it much better mm. on release. I, I didn't necessarily run, like, I had the map bug, obviously, um, and the minor bug of someone getting my partner's pronouns wrong. I find the game chugs a lot. Yes. Like, it doesn't run smoothly, which can be frustrating to watch. Um, I definitely had one instance where I, I think I skipped over a line of dialogue in the tutorial at the beginning and got stuck fishing. Like, I couldn't quit out of fishing mode, essentially. Um but all these all these bugs aside the actual the actual gameplay itself so fishing fishing is fine but not great yeah like, I, I that's that's what I was going to get at too like for me it's like all these annoying things the little bugs they're not really getting it in the way of like an actual like really enthralling gaming experience yet i was hope i'm hoping that, that you to hear from you you being a few more hours in, in, into this than I am, that, like, it's worth pushing through? Because at the moment, like, I was, like, I was dozing off while playing this. I'm pretty tired yeah. today. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's one of those things where, like, they run you through all the kind of, like, you cast doing this, you reel doing that, you pull the left trigger to strike, which kind of pulls the fish in a bit quicker. And it's like, but don't strike too often because you'll get tired and you won't be able to pull the fish in at all kind of thing. A lot of the fish you're catching, if you just strike twice at the moment it's hooked, you reel it in. It's done. Even like, like the heavier ones, like because I haven't got the second, like the, the 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 high quality bait or whatever that gives you the the bigger fish. I haven't I haven't gotten to high quality bait yet myself. I have the full disclosure. I'm up to the part of the game where uh, I've I've sort of finished what I guess you'd term as the first boss. 
mm-hmm. although it's not really a boss battle as such. Um, and now <laughs> suddenly I'm, get a gun. <laughs> yeah, it just turns into ridiculous fishing. That would be amazing, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've now unlocked the three extra rods. So you obviously start with the basic rod. I've now unlocked like the strong rod, the poise rod, and the something else rod that like help with different fish you're going after. Um, but they don't feel that different, to be honest. Right. Like I've I've got to test them out a bit more, I think, just to really see if there's any nuance to it. But yeah, there there doesn't seem to be much in the way of difference between them. I haven't I haven't run into any like. Because it bills itself as a fishing RPG. I haven't really run into any RPG elements of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that, you describing it as that, I was like, oh, what's the RPG part? It, it just, for yeah. me, it's, yeah, very much that, like, it's like light life sim management adventure game, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think spirit, I think, like, yeah, like, for me, like, fishing is, yeah, a little bit dull, but at least it's not infuriating like cooking is. Yeah, I, I, um,. At first, I was like, hey, little mini games for cooking. That's kind of fun. And then after cooking, like, my fifth meal, I was like, I'm fucking sick of these mini games now. <laughs> like, they're not they're not very engaging. And because the game chugs, it can be kind of hard to, like, be very accurate with them. Mm. Um, yeah, so the, the, the cooking isn't terribly fun. The fishing is kind of just standard, not great. There's like, there's the, the unlocking the boat has unlocked some other options. Like I can throw a net into the ocean and pull in a bunch of fish at once at certain points, and that can be kind of cool because that's a good way to like pick up new fish as you go. Um, and it's just unlocked lobster pots, but so far no one's explained to me how to use them. <laughs> Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to drop them in a particular place or do I just go, like, leave them anywhere and come... Like, I left one over the course of a day in-game, not in real life, came back and there was nothing in it. And I was like, well, shit, like, am I? what am I doing wrong here? Nothing's been explained to me, essentially. This is frustrating. Yeah. Maybe, look, maybe at some point someone's going to say, hey, like, you know, this is what you do. There is also a bunch of just little quality of life things that I think they kind of got off the mark with. Like the the fishing journal that you get from your wife. That, you know, you were talking earlier about journal entries being created for the fish you find. I wish on that journal page, because it has like, it's got about four fish per page. And then there are all these like rows of dots up the top that represent the pages of this fishing thing. Mm-hmm. I wish when you discovered a new fish, the little dot that, it was on would like flash or do something to tell you that that's where the new information is. Right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'll unlock a new fish and then I need to go through every page in the journal to figure out which page that fish is on. Sure. Which gets frustrating when another, another thing is like when you're on the boat, for instance, you're fishing off the side of the boat. What I like to do when I'm fishing is go through each of the three lure types like, so I'll go to a location, like, I, you know, I went to kind of, there's, a, there's a, a, a sort of glacier section, a frozen section of the game. So I'll head there and be like, okay, let's try all three lures to see what fish I can get. When you're fishing on the shore, admittedly, you have to quit out of fishing, but then it gives you an easy option to change the lures you're using and the bait and what rod you're using. When you're on the boat, however, you need to quit out of the fishing game, go into the cabin and change your equipment there. 
And it's just that extra step is like, nah, I'm not going to bother changing my lures. I'm just going to like keep casting off the side of the boat and whatever I get, I get essentially. Like it's, I'm going to push on a little bit further just to see where I get to. Because I know, I know, for instance, with cooking, you can get mastery of certain foods, which then yeah. unlocks another recipe. And I'm sure you can like streamline certain activities too to make them more yeah, time I, efficient. I know you can. I know you can get. Um, you can unlock kitchen equipment because uh, I know some of the recipes are like this requires a meat cleaver, and so I'm very curious if if you'll be able to unlock stuff that it's like this automatically fries things for you and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Right. Sure. Okay. So I think I am going to keep pushing. And I know, for instance, the dev, like, Bunny Hug are working on bug fixes. They they released a list of them the other day. Apparently, um, for instance, the map issue that I ran into has now been patched. That's good. So, so, like, it's nice to know that they're continuing to kind of improve the game, the stability, the stability of the game, and, and squash these bugs. But... Yeah, if you're into, like, it, as you said, I think, Spiritfarer and Animal Crossing, which are both games that I had my frustrations with. Yeah, um, you actually finished Spiritfarer, whereas I think I enjoyed I, it more, but I never finished it. So why am I, why am I playing Moonglow Blade, which I'm not enjoying yeah. anywhere near as much if I had never finished Spirit, Spiritfarer? Oh, one of my big Moonglow Bay frustrations is manual save. Oh, yeah. Like, autosave for me, please. Even if it's just at, like, big story beats, give me an autosave. Wow, so have you, did you learn that the hard way? I did. <laughs> oh, shit. And then relearned it the hard way a couple of times where I was like, oh, I need to quit my game because something's happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crap. I'm like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you know. I just lost 30 or 40 minutes of time on this game, essentially. Damn, man, that's annoying. <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah, there's I feel like there's a lot of quality of life stuff they could build into the game on top of squashing the bugs. It is a lovely wholesome experience and I am very like I I like the concept of bringing the town back to life. Yep. Um the art is I know like I know you've talked about not being a big fan of voxels. Mhm. And in this game I'm kind of I kind of get where you're coming from. Like, yeah. I just find everything's a bit confusing to look at, essentially. Especially when they, like, do, like, a zoom... Like, you, when you talk to the character, the dialogue box comes up with what they would look like if it was drawn. And yeah. it, it looks great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I just think back to the... Do you remember The Tourist? Yeah. And how that was, like, really good kind of clean pixel art. It really like, was, this, yeah. yeah. This, this is feels like, like they've just tried to over-design it a bit. And well, it yeah, especially with... It's a bit, Especially in terms of colors, there's like yeah. nothing's ever just a, a solid color. It's always got like little bits of gray and browns or whatever in mixed in with it. it. It can get muddy for sure. Yeah, I mean, one of the things with bringing the town back to life is they're like, oh, look for signs outside buildings that that give you you know investment opportunities in the the, the town. And I managed to do one investment opportunity so far. I'm not if they. I'm not sure if they unlock over the time or if I just. That's the thing. I'm like, I don't know what these signs look like because the front of buildings are so fucking busy and ugly that I can't work out what's what, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it is. it is. I've been looking forward to this game. Like like you said up the top, we both appreciate fishing game mechanics in a game. 
but yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily nailing it for me. I'll 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 keep you posted on future episodes if I if I dive back in again and give it a go. But you know, with so many other games on the line at the moment, and and the GOTY app looming, our favorite know, episode of the year coming up six seven weeks in the future. Fuck you, Christmas album yeah. game of the year episode. That's my favorite public holiday of 2021. Exactly. The you know. Employers, you're a bum if you don't give them time off to listen to the, all the small games. Very game true. Of the year episode. Very, very true. Um, all right. So uh, I mentioned, uh, obviously, we, just, we talked about Moonglow Bay. That is only available right now um, on uh, what's it? Just just Xbox and PC. So um, if you want to go check that out, you can do yes, it there. Yes. And uh, we're going to talk about the Cotton Games and Inscription in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Thanks, sponsors. Guess what, sponsors? I know that the only reason you stuck around is so you could hear me review two old games. And those old games are called Cotton 100% and Panorama Cotton. A while ago, I talked about a, um, a collection of games called uh, Cotton Reboot. And that uh, collection was put together by In-In Games, a very interesting developer um, who have been responsible for... They published um, CrossCode. And um, a few other like so they they publish like genuine indie games like CrossCode and Star Renegades. Then they'll do like full from the ground up ma- uh, remakes like Wonder Boy, Asher in Monster World, which I talked about a few months ago. And then they're also the ones responsible for putting together either like. 
packages of classic um, 80s and 90s arcade games or console games, packaging them together and doing a re-release, often bringing games to the West for the first time ever. So, um, like like Cotton Reboot, which I talked about a few months ago, and the Darius collections and the Turrican um, collections, which I've talked about on the podcast in the past. They're a pretty crazy publisher. Um, but just last week, they released um, two cotton games. Um, cotton, of course, being the uh, Japanese creation of a little witch in a shmup, although it's not known as shoot 'em up in these games. It is a, sh- a, a cute 'em up because she is a cute little witch who fires magic from her broomstick um, at like just like uh, a plethora of uh, of fairies and and like elves and other weird magical shit that you have to just just shoot like massacre basically um instead of like spaceships running at you you have um you have little magic little things that you evaporate with your with your cool spells and then at the end of every end of every level um it's tea time and uh instead of shooting things that come towards you you are collecting um i guess like cups of tea that fall from the sky and that's your bonus it's all about you know getting multiplies not dying not taking damage and getting the highest score possible i really enjoyed my time with cotton reboot which came out earlier this year and they've gone fucking bonkers because they're we have gone from i think one game in history being released one cotton game in history being released uh uh in the west uh, and it was a very difficult one to get get your hands on um as of last week you can now get oh let me just look it up properly um, here are how many cotton games have been released on on the Switch just this year. Uh, so there's Cotton Reboot, there is Cotton Two Satin Tribute, Cotton Boomerang <laughs> Satin Tribute, and then just this last week, uh, separate releases for Cotton 100% and Panorama Cotton. Um, cotton Reboot was sixty dollars. Cotton Two, the two Satin Tributes were twenty two fifty each, and these ones both came out last week were nineteen ninety nine each. Wow! Um, published by uh, Indian Games, originally uh, released. So Cotton One Hundred Percent was originally released on the Famicom and never released in uh, on the Super Nintendo in the West. Uh, so from a historical point of view, this is sick. Very cool when you see games come to the West for the first time. Um, they have not translated it. <laughs> so there, Amazing. there are some cool little enhancements that you would come to expect from a um, a, a modernized port. You can rewind, and um, once you finish the game on classic, which is taking away those uh, enhancements. So if you finish the game without any enhancements, you can then unlock cheats that allow you to fuck with the code. I guess. Um, so that's Cotton One Hundred Percent. The original. Uh, Cotton Reboot Games. Uh, do you remember th- that they were actually um, re-releases of games that were first published on the um, X68000 Japanese home computer? So okay. this, uh, with, which had a beautiful, really gorgeous pixels, unbelievable sound. Um, the Super Nintendo uh, set of, of, of visuals and, and sound, nowhere near as good as that. So... Immediately, you, you're basically presented with a more simplified um, version of the Cotton Reboot games, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, however, like you pretty much, you know, you ever got one of those games where like you, you stop playing a level and you look at your thumb and you have the imprint of one of the buttons just like, like pushed into your yeah. thumb because you've just been holding it down to fire the entire time. 
Um, yeah. They're like levels themselves aren't particularly inspiring, but once you get to a boss battle at the end, it's quite fun. The bosses are fun. You've got to actually there's some strategy comes into play. You have to like you know dodge their attacks, hide in the in the places where they can't get you, and shoot them when you when you can. That stuff's fun. It's a, it's a bit closer to like your average platformer. However, it's a shmup. Pretty cool. I love shoot 'em up games. Um, they it, it's it's part of like I guess growing up uh, with like going to the arcades or like going to Video Easy and begging mum and dad for a dollar so I could play one of the arcade machines there. And it was always a shoot 'em up game that lasted maybe two minutes and then the dollar was gone. Um, I love now that all these games are available on like collections where you can just, oh, I'm dying, huh? And then you just bump the button and it gives you an extra credit and you can never die. Ding, and you ding, can just, ding, yeah, ding, 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 it rules. Yeah. I love that feeling. I know it's cheating. I don't care. It makes me feel good. And you should always do things that make you feel good. Um, it, come, it comes with a peripheral that you have to put a dollar in. So, off the back of, uh, yeah, like, knowing that Cotton Reboot is expensive, but it does exist, I cannot recommend uh, uh, Cotton 100%, unless you are a, a cotton freak who, who wants a complete uh, library of all of uh, this uh, Little Witch's uh, very fun and colourful games. I, you can definitely have some fun with it, but I think more fun can be found in the Cotton Reboot collection. Right. Now we get to Panorama Cotton, John. Uh, Panorama Cotton is a Mega Drive game, and where... Almost every cotton game that I've ever seen is a left-to-right side-scrolling game. Panorama Cotton well, came out on the Mega Drive um, and was originally published in 1994. Um, and it is a very, very primitive early take on a 3D scrolling game a la Star Fox or um, Sin and Punishment where you're essentially, yeah, like you're, it's almost like a flight sim. You are, you are looking at... Um, uh, at Cotton, the little witch from behind, and uh, w- without using 3D pixels, um, you are you are going forward, going through like through sp- flying through space. All these things are flying at you. You have to take them out. All these different hazards. You're flying through tunnels, going through jumps, things that are moving, coming like moving away from you, then coming towards you, and you've got to shoot and destroy them before it happens. It is very difficult to figure out what the hell is going on it chugs <laughs> a little bit i don't care i think this is sick i, I just right. from a history point of view i love seeing attempts at like you know just be, being way ahead of your time um and uh yeah it, it's are they are they still using is it 3d models of like enemies and of cotton and stuff or are they no because it's came out on the mega drive there was no such thing as 3d models yet it's pixels so it's All like right, a three so D 2, 2D... 2D models on a three D in a kind of th- mock three D environment. Yes. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah, uh, the music is really good in this, um, but where, where it was lacking in Cotton One Hundred Percent. But uh, again, it's twenty dollars. I know that's a lot to ask in Australia for for a you know nineteen ninety four game that you might have very limited enjoyment of. Um, I wish this kind of thing would show up in the uh, Nintendo Switch Online. Um, offers that they you know they put it up in the, in, on the service, but I don't know, man. There's something weird and cool about Panorama Cotton that that's going to be the the one that I go back to and the one that I try and finish. Um, I, I somehow made it past the end of uh, the first level, beat the first boss. I had like one health um, for the entire boss battle, and then um, you you make it through to the second level, but you still have maintained the same amount of health. So I got a game over immediately. But you can continue. Um, 
Yeah, look, Panorama Cotton, it is a... If you are someone who is very interested in the history of games and game makers really biting off more than they can chew and doing the best they can with what they what the, the, the resources they have access to, I would recommend checking out Panorama Cotton. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, Cotton 100% you can definitely skip and Cotton Reboot, still the best uh, collection of uh, cotton games that I've ever played on the Switch. Cool. That's a, also, that's a lot of cotton. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like We've gone from no cotton to five separate cotton releases on the Switch store. Each of them with their own enormous bundles released via Strictly Limited Games. Wild. <laughs> like, okay, if I go to uh, the Strictly Limited Games right now, I can get... If I want to drop 65 euro... Oh, wow. Um, you get... Um, okay, this this is... You get... A box, a switch, the game, um, a uh, a cup, a mug, a window sticker, two lenticular cards, six postcards, an A2 poster, a kakemono, the soundtrack on CD, and a manual. Um, and I think they offer that for every single cotton game. <laughs> Dang, that's huge. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty hilarious how much. Actually, yeah, if you just if you just go to the strictly limited website, the first. 20 things on their store are um are cotton related. <laughs> They've gone cotton mad. Good lord. I really hope I mean you'd you'd hope there's a game called like Egyptian cotton somewhere <laughs> in their archives. Like sure. cuz I like that I like that it was they have the satin thing as well. I'm like, okay, cool. We're kind of, you know, cotton 100%, 100% cotton like yep, we're building to a kind of fabric pun thing. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so both of those games are available on PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. Nice. So to wrap up this episode, uh, I spoke about it last week, and uh, I figured it's one of those ones similar to like what, what you did with uh, Zookeeper World and you know I think we did with Death's Door maybe, or I, I, maybe we finished that one so quickly we didn't get the chance, but I figured I'd just give a bit of an inscription update. Uh, so I'm currently playing through the... Um, incredibly spooky and somewhat unsettling uh, card-battling roguelike slash escape room game developed by Daniel Mullins, uh, published by Devolver Digital. um, I've so far made it up to... I've I've made it as far as kind of the third stage of the card-battling game. Mm -hmm. Um, Not managed to make it past there yet. My my big issue is I'm not great at card-battling games. Like, I never think... I think one of the things you need to be good at them is to be able to think holistically about your deck. Sure. Whereas I just tend to be... I tend to be like, that card looks cool. I'll have it. And I wind up with just like a sort of sloppy, tactically unsound deck that gets me wiped across the floor. Um, That being said, like, just the way they've set up this game and the way that you can, like improve your cards and change your cards gives so much opportunity to create these like monstrous individual cards that will completely change the tide of battle if you play them like cards that cost one point of blood and bring out a creature that has like seven attack and seven health that is so easy to play um that you can just win a battle like in two moves essentially. The first time I took on the boss of the second stage, 
I finished him off in like three rounds just because part of it was luck. The cards that were dealt in my hand at the beginning of the round like really helped put stuff together. Um, but also just these crazy Franken cards that I'd built over the course of my travels to that point. Yeah, that's fine. Um, it's um, it's like you can get totems. Like you, you run into a woodcarver and can construct totems that consist of an animal's head and a body with a, a sigil on it. And basically what it means is like any any of the animals that are represented by the head will get that sigil when you play... Uh, one of the you know when you when you battle with the cards, and I got one round. I got one round yesterday where squirrels, have, as I've mentioned, are like the base card that you play to get blood to play other cards. I managed to do a run where I had a totem with a, a squirrel's head, and the sigil was every time a, a squirrel card dies, it goes straight back into your hand. So it was essentially like, cool, I no longer have to worry about the cost of blood points because I can just repeatedly play squirrels and stack oh, blood. Cool. Yeah, too. So awesome. I just, but it bit me in the ass because I was getting through boss battles too quickly. Like the first boss battle, you one of the, one of the cards that he plays is a mule. And if you defeat the mule... You un you you get like a little pack of cards that the mule was carrying, which add all these like new cards into your deck. I beat that boss battle too quickly. I didn't finish the mule off, and suddenly I wasn't set up properly for the second stage because I was lacking all these like extra cards that I could have gotten. Right. the The card game there's so much complexity in terms of strategy and tactics that you can use. I honestly think. It's a better card game than Slay the Spire. Yeah, you said know, that. That's, that's bonkers. I know it's huge. Outside, like, and and just all the little things you can do in this game, like, you you have items that can help you with playing. Like, it could be a squirrel card in a bottle that you can break open and add to your hand at any time, or a pair of scissors that you can use to cut your opponent, one of your opponent's cards, so to take it off the table. You get these items by like stopping on places on the map with a backpack on it. I stopped on one, and there was like he's like, "Oh, here is a squirrel card. Here is a here is a pair of scissors. This is a bottle filled with like green ooze with an eye, like a pair of eyeballs floating in it. You you shouldn't take this one. You can't do anything with it. So naturally, I was like, "Uh, hell the fuck yeah, give me that green <laughs> bottle, dude." And it now sits on a shelf in the cabin I'm in and I'm like, oh, should I open this? One of the other things I got from around the cabin is a knife. I was losing a battle during one game and was like, look, I'll just play this knife to see what it does. You use the knife to cut one of your own eyeballs out <laughs> and play th- and, and put it on the scales, which essentially resets, resets the scales to the middle again and gives you an opportunity to, to win the game, the battle you're in. After the battle, if you're successful, the guy's like, we can't have you playing like this. Here, pick one, and opens a wooden box with a bunch of eyeballs in it. <laughs> and they're all different-looking eyeballs. So I picked one of them and popped it in. And it gave. It was like you now have ancestral vision. And so when I looked around the cabin, there were all these messages written everywhere that I was previously unable to see. 
That's so and good. so like it helped me solve like one or two of the puzzles in the thing. But when I went to look at my green bottle filled with ooze, my bottle filled with green ooze, Your even there was a message. Even there was a message saying, "Don't open this." And now I'm like, now I really want to open this. What's going on with this bottle? There are What's so stopping many. You? Like, Why wouldn't you open it? Uh, I, I I don't know. I want to try get to the end. I should probably just say fuck it and do it. Essentially, see open what happens. Open the bottle. Open yeah. the bottle. Uh, well, my next my next update will be like I open the bottle and the game deleted itself from my hard drive <laughs> and from my Steam library. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's so rich with these weird little details that honestly, if you're planning on playing this game, I've I've told you various bits and pieces. But go in as blind as you can because it's just such a crazy, weird experience. Figure it like get like learning all these details and figuring out the nuances and all that kind of stuff. I actually sat down yesterday and pulled up on my notes app on my phone. I've got a little like running tally of games that I think are in the like contenders for my top ten list. And I wrote inscription down. And then was like, okay, well, hold on, let me, um, let me just try work out a quick order, because I had a basic order going in there. I had to completely reshuffle my list to add inscription because this is like, this is very near the top, upper echelon. Yeah, it is such a fantastic game, and I, I, I will will stake my life on it now, or someone's life, not my life, your life. I stake Levins's life on it. All right. You will you will see this on Game of the Year lists from various publications at the end of the year. Yeah, cool. Like, How exciting. That sort of game. Awesome. Cannot recommend it highly enough. If you have a PC, I believe if you have a Mac or a Linux, it runs on all three of those things. Dive in, sight unseen, just go for it. Start your inscription journey. Very cool. I believe well, yeah. uh, someone someone in our Discord has rolled credits on it, and they they put a message with a spoiler cover on it, and I instinctively just tapped the spoiler cover and then like ripped my phone away from my eyes as I was like, "No, <laughs> do not spoil it for yourself." Yeah, it kind of, I hope it, it sticks the landing. That sounds it sounds like really fun and cool. Yeah, yeah, super interesting. More and more people in my like timeline are talking about it as like yeah like. One of the, the better experiences of the year. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's Inscription. Of course, we talked, also talked about uh, Cotton 100% and Cotton Panorama. Panorama. Uh, and of course, at the top, Moon Go Glow Bay. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to join that aforementioned Discord, you can do so by heading to patreon.com slash all the small games to access a bunch of bonus episodes we've done, plus our Discord community. Um, all it costs is $5 a month to access all of that, and we appreciate the support. You can also email the show, all the small games at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at all the small game, and you can find us at facebook.com slash all the small games. John can be found on Twitter and Instagram at 16tacos, and I am at levdog, L E V D A W G. Of course, my other podcasts are Hey Fam and Serious Issues. They're all available at sanspantsradio.com, along with a bevy of other wonderful podcasts. So go check it out. Wonderful. A I'm 10 like out of 10. You stuck so the tired. landing of this this episode. <laughs> I'm so tired. I, I blame Moon Glow Bay. All that cooking yeah. they made me do. And now I have to do yeah. actual cooking. <laughs> And you're like, God, I wish this was a mini game. That's right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Will do. See you, everybody. Bye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.